I mean, I don't, I don't do a lot of humor on Good Friday. But we're not, right. But you you're know. not on a typical Sunday. You're not there. So sort of like stodgy and holy. It almost feels like if you don't have room for humor, you're coming across as holier than thou. Absolutely, I right. agree. So you don't tell any like nailed it jokes on Good Friday. I mean, come on. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's, that's you're killing that's me. A, that's, nailed it. There's a slam dunk right there. You're killing me. Uh, I will now. Welcome to episode 126 of Pub Theology Live, a weekly conversation on life and faith over a craft brew pint, a fine wine, or whatever happens to be in your glass. You can catch new episodes weekly as Shannon, Brian, and Ogan address and engage what's happening through a theological lens, usually with a good brew in hand. And if you want to help support our show and we can do even more amazing, awesome things, please become a patron. Head over to patreon.com slash PT live and get started. You can start for as little as $2 a month to help support us. And if you really got some nice deep pockets or you really get a fundraising we can bring this show to your town. We do a live recording where you're at. So we got we got a little something for everyone. Patreon.com slash Live, And thank you to our current sponsors. You can also join our conversation on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram using the hashtag PTLive. Follow at Pub Theology on those platforms and check out video clips from the show on IGTV or watch us on YouTube for extra content. Well, today we talk humor in worship, inappropriate or appropriate, necessary or out of place. And we may also discuss God speaking through nature and maybe a little original sin versus original blessing. What are we drinking today, friends? I'm still on my uh, alcohol fast detox. And the weather's been relatively nice here for New England. Highs of 60. So I'm, I'm getting happy. I'm breaking out the summer drinks already. Come uh, on, get happy. Stra- strawberry lemonade. Yeah. Nice. Yummy. What you got, Shannon? I have um, a, I've had this before a couple of weeks ago, a 1623 Brewing Company Hefeweizen. Yeah. German style wheat ale. It's very, very tasty. If you're in the nice. mood, brewed in Maryland and um, Colorado. I like me to have a Faisal. That is my favorite. And that's my favorite brew. Yeah. It's a good one. Nice. Well, I am uh, up north, which you can probably uh, hear that I'm not using my usual microphone. So I might sound a little tinny, a little echoey, uh, but we're having a couple days away up north. So I'm drinking an all day IPA from Founders, which is just, you know, when you're going to have more than one, it's just good to have an all day IPA. There you go. So Shannon, you miss you miss Brian and I had a little chitty chat about, you know, he's getting away on vacation. Why didn't he find a, you know, sub for the show? Right. He says he's not he said he's not good at 
doing that, I said, so great. We need to find you a therapist and a self-care coach. Right. It's, pi- it's piling up. Yes. Not it. <laughs> oh, I wasn't volunteering us. It was a, just a way to, it was just a way to tag Christy. Tag Christy and say, uh, you got the kids. I'm going to go upstairs and have a beverage. Yeah. He created a I was going to say, are, are, you know, is this considered a vacation? You know, aren't you really I mean, just working from a different I'm kind of just working. It, it's really not a true vacation because I don't have, I didn't have last Sunday off. I don't have this coming Sunday off. I'm still yeah. working. I'm still coordinating things, doing work, doing reports. It's a workcation. It's a workcation. Exactly. And, and, and when your parents, is it truly vacation if you bring the kids? Mm, well, I mean, no, case, but that's called have. something else. Then it's a right. trip, not a vacation. There you go. Like they're That's, on a trip, mm, but they're not family on a trip. You're on a family yeah. trip. You got to take a parenting from vacation too. Wow. Boy, there's yeah. a lot of things I got to do. There's, there's, there's a lot. <laughs> I've realized. Growing. Well, if I mean, only you had a therapist to do that. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> only to walk, talk that stuff through with. Exactly. Speaking of humor. <laughs> uh, yeah. so, uh it is April 2. Yesterday was April 1st. Uh, wondering if if you've ever pulled off a really terrific April Fool's prank, had one pulled on you, or maybe one that you've seen or heard about. I am not a prankster or an April Fool's person. Ooh. So. So the joke's on you. Or, wait. Well, so we were talking about this yesterday when we were like, does anybody really do this? I mean, the internet, like Facebook has definitely opened up you know, some people do this more now because of that, but like, um, we're like, it's really like a handful of people that do something and the rest of us just ignore it and wait for it to go. I did see someone post a picture of an ultrasound and say, we weren't expecting this and please pray for us. And people are like, Oh my gosh. And then, you know, I know. And then, yeah. And I've seen those before. And like this year, something went around that was like, Hey, like a pregnancy isn't a joke, you know, let's not, Whatever. Yeah, they they got they 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 folks came down hard on them for that one. I think uh, I think I think in it we're we're at a place in I think where the PC culture um, senses. I think while while it's been appropriate to address the inappropriate, sometimes I think it kind of swings too far a little bit, and 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 we've lost a little bit of the context or. Humor, humor is a humor is of course a very relative thing, you know, right, you right. audience and so on. But I think sometimes it's uh well, like we use it more now as a joke of like, so Derek's office, my husband's office, they scheduled a meeting, and the person was like, "I'm going to take everybody to lunch afterwards," and he was like, "But are you really taking us to lunch afterwards?" <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> And they were like, "Yes." He's like, "And you're paying for lunch, <laughs> you know? Like, like we should call it. We should call it April paranoia day, right? Like, exactly. Nobody believes anything anymore. Right. I mean, so, the only time I've actually had fun with it is last year when Easter was on April first, and yeah. it was. Yeah, yeah. We had a lot of fun with the like. That was just kidding. Yeah. You know, with Jesus in the tomb. <laughs> right. There you go. For sure. But um, I've heard of people. Listen, people. The people that get into it, like, get into it, right? Yeah. Like I had a friend, he was an associate pastor in a church and he like in the offices and he was a, he has the skills to do this. He like drywalled over the senior pastor's 
door to his office. No. Oh my gosh. And like painted what? it so that like it looked like there was no door. It looked like there was no door. Oh my gosh. And I was like, wow, that is all in. I love that. Is that. Like, you know, so stuff like that I think is hilarious. That's high you know? level right there. Right. Exactly. Like, so that, you know, when they came into work that morning, there was no door. <laughs> right. So we did a small one yesterday. So we uh, were staying um, at a house up north uh, that some friends of ours own. And um, and they often rent it out as a vacation rental. And this was yesterday was our first morning here. And our oldest had slept in. And so I told everyone else, I'm going to wake up Henry and tell him that our friends accidentally double booked. And we have to go home today. So we got to hurry up and pack up because guests are coming by noon. And it was like 10 a.m. He was still sleeping. So I woke him up and he's all groggy and he's like, okay. And the other kids were kind of into it and he was kind of bummed and getting his stuff downstairs and um, getting his stuff ready to go. And, and then we're like, just kidding, April Fools. And he's like, oh. how, how, how far did it go? Was he like in the car? Was he on the way out on the driveway? No, 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 no. He, but he did have like all his clothes and his backpack ready to go. And uh, we were like, there's no time for breakfast. So, you know, just grab slice of bread or something and see i just i feel too bad that at some point i'd be like okay this is just mean i know that that this yeah see it just like, was like you're being mean anymore. to him stop right right <laughs> see now i go like, the other really way i'm like i'm like if you're doing that you got to commit all the way you got to get that dude in the car like get him I'm in the car say, you have to like get <laughs> in the car and like oh we forgot something like just get him. yes you know, that we didn't we we didn't fully commit you gotta yeah. you gotta commit no, go, no, big or I, go, go big or go home <laughs> yeah i can't do stuff like that i just i, feel, I start to feel like oh man he's actually doing it and yeah. now the only one I, I i did i should have planned ahead a little bit stuff with the kids like tiny things right so i did like the day before i was like oh is there anything i could do and some really fun ones of like switch the cereals and the cereal boxes you know so like they go to pour out lucky charms and it's shredded wheat or whatever you know like oh, that like, is that is mean <laughs> right like yeah, that's me you know Don't like mess with the lucky charms right like i want some frosted flakes oh it's raisin bran you know like whatever i don't know but i was like okay well maybe next year i'll do something like that but there you go you know or um maggie did to her siblings she put a tape over the faucet sink so that when you turned it on, it like sprayed up in your face. <laughs> oh, that's good. I like that. that and good. I didn't know, I didn't know that she'd done it. And all I heard was like this, like I was in bed and there was this like bloody murder scream. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> the, you know, so that was, that was a good one. I like that one. So anyway, but that's, mm. I'm not, yeah, I'm not a big, big prankster. Also, uh, it snowed here yesterday, which felt like nature. So oh. you think it's spring, April fools? April fools. Yeah. Yeah, that's what, what happens. That's what happens when you go north for you. <laughs> that's what happens when you go north for spring break. Yeah. Way to go north for spring break. You get what you ask for, man. Yeah. So speaking of humor, um, some say that uh, a worship service is no place for humor, uh, not during any point of the service, not during preaching, that it's a holy and serious setting. And wondering what you guys think about that. What's your experience in your setting? What role does humor play? How have you seen it used well? And have you seen it used not well either by yourself or if you're a guest somewhere? Um, speaking of it not being used well, I got a joke. <laughs> got a joke. I almost spit my beer out even before you said 
Oh, you ready for this one? Here we go. So a priest, a minister, and a rabbi, they wanted to see who was best at their job. So so they went into the woods. And they, oh, so they didn't go into the bar to see who was better at no, drinking? No, 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 no. Not, it's not a bar joke. They uh, went into the woods to find a beer and attempt to convert the beer. Yeah. Okay. A bear so, like Rar. Yes, the animal. Yes. So the, so the priest finds the bear and he says, I read him catechism. I sprinkled it with holy water. And next week is going to be his first communion. So he feels good about himself. And the minister said, I found the bear by the stream. I preached God's holy word. And the bear was so mesmerized. It let me baptize him in that moment. So he's feeling good. And they both looked down at the rabbi. He was all like cut up and bloody and in casts and bandages. And he says, you know, in recollection, maybe I shouldn't have started with circumcision. Oh, my God. Boom. Nice. There's there's an example of using it badly. <laughs> hey, oh. humor, humor is in the ear of the beholder. All right. Truth to tell, I've used that one before, so I, I knew where it was going. Uh, really? Yeah. Oh, you've used it before? Wow. Like, you haven't just told it. Like, you've used it in a worship service before? No, 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 not in a worship service. So, here's like, the setting. So in a I, sermon on circumcision? <laughs> so, I've done this event at, in Philadelphia during Philly Beer Week with a priest and a rabbi friend. So we were literally an event called a rabbi, priest, and minister walk into a bar. And I used that at the beginning. And I have to say, there were a lot of groans. There should have been tomatoes. Or I'm fortunate there weren't tomatoes within reach. Well, you know, that 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 would be the appropriate context. And I think you could use it at church. Too. That was the right context, right? Come on, Ogan. It was the perfect context. So, yeah. all right. So I use a lot of humor in worship. Like I do, yeah, like it's yeah. my nature. I use it in the beginning. I, and there, there have certainly been moments where I used it badly yeah. and I regretted it. Right. Like, um, where I, I made what seemed kind of like a harmless comment yes. that I meant funny and didn't really play that way. And I felt, I felt bad about that. And, um, but I do. I use it, and not just like pre-scripted jokes. Well, I was going to ask like, how much of this is planned, and how much of it just kind of is like in the moment. So, for, me, for me, it's all spontaneous. I, I was going to say like, it's almost all spontaneous. Like maybe one percent of the time, it's a planned or pre-written joke or something. But and my congregation like gives it back. Like they'll throw out stuff yeah. that is like hilarious. Yeah, nice. I yes, love that. Yeah. So, yeah. all right. So here. Here's, here's, I have two examples. One is good and one is bad, right? So my, um, a, a lay person is doing the children's sermon one day, right? And she's up there at the children's sermon and she has a piece of burlap and a piece of like, um, silk. And she's, I don't, I don't even remember what the ser- children's sermon was about. But anyway, sometimes when there's just a few kids there, some of the like lighthearted adults come up, Right. So they're feeling the textures of the, the um, burlap and the silk. And she's asking the question, like, which one do you prefer? And so the kids are all like, we prefer the silk, right? You know, whatever. And the, one of the adults there, and he is genuinely the most kind and sweet and wonderful man. And he, um, he's our drummer, actually, but he only has one, he has a hook on one arm. On his, is, on his left arm. Is and, that the um, joke? So he, and, no, it's not. This is genuine. He, okay, he really, just, he has a hook on it. his, he has his hook on his left arm and his, he's, he was burned in an accident oh, badly. So he horrible. can't feel 
So he holds, so he brings it up to his face, right? Because that's where he can feel it. Uh-huh. So he's like, oh, so just to be kind of different with the, from the kids, he takes the burlap one to his cheek. And um, the woman doing the children's sermon was like, he's like, I like this one, the burlap one. And, and the woman turns around and she goes, all right. So all the kids like the soft silk one and Renee likes it rough. Oh. 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 <laughs> and nice. the whole congregation just is like nice <laughs> exactly like can, can, are we we laugh? Laugh? <laughs> can we not laugh and i'm like about to die out of my seat right like i am i'm about to lose it as i you know well i'm glad that was the joke like as soon as you started mentioning like burn victim and a hook for well, an arm i thought it was going to be something yeah, exactly no 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 it's because he and and it was the like action of him rubbing it on his face and then her going just i want it noted that renee likes it rough like yeah. it was just i needed to give you the imagery of and Renee is a he. Renee is a he. There's he a lot of moving parts to this story. I'm so sorry to be so confusing. <laughs> no, Renee is a all, he from the Philippines. It all translated. It, no, I mean, I'm still Did not, you laugh, Shannon, or did you hold it together? So here's the other thing. I wasn't actually there. There was a guest preacher there. Nice. So I'm dying laughing hearing the story afterward. Oh, I see. <laughs> and he's like, I didn't know what to do. <laughs> Like awkward. And I and I taught I I was relaying the story of being told the story to the woman that gave the children's sermon the next week and she was like, It just came out of my mouth and I didn't realize what I was saying until it was out of my mouth and then I didn't know what to do. And I was like, It's fine, like it just happened. Well, you know, you know what's the the perfect response to that when when she's you know, he rubs in, she says he likes it rough. Then all the guest speaker had to get up and say was different strokes for different folks. Oh, See, there's taking taking it too far. I don't really. Think so. Yeah, I don't. I wouldn't have done that. <laughs> no, I wouldn't have done that. So the the other yeah, side is your other example. And this one actually has Renee in it as well yes. because he's our drummer. Um, we were we had just I had just preached a sermon on like loving your neighbor and neighbors that are different than you and you know mentioning. Um, you know, a lot of things of, of, you know, people that look differently, people that believe differently and, and using examples like friends of mine that go in to bathrooms and get yelled at for being in the like wrong bathroom, right. The, you know, and gender fluidity. And then that we were singing a song at the end that has traditional men's parts and women's parts. Right. Great. And so Renee is our drummer and so he's kind of saying like all right men help me out because the other singers there are other men in the the music team but they don't sing so he's the only male singer and so I said yes there there are you know there are male parts there are female parts or if you find some yourself somewhere in between like just pick whatever's comfortable in your voice and his response was to go but um right yeah and I was like, no, that's not a joke. That's real. <laughs> right? Right. And that, I mean, even that, that just came out of, like, I didn't mean to shame him. And, and as soon as I said that, he was like, you're absolutely right. Sing what's comfortable for you. Right? So, it, but they're so used to me joking things like that. Yes. That, like, 
sometimes you don't know. Right. Now, all of this is to say, does humor have a place in worship? Absolutely. Like humor Ooh. has a place in life. Now right. there are moments where probably not, you know. Right. I mean, I don't, I don't do a lot of humor on Good Friday. But we're not, right. But you're not on a typical Sunday. You're not there so sort of like stodgy and holy. It almost feels like if you don't have room for humor, you're coming across as holier than thou. Absolutely. I agree. So you don't tell any like nailed it jokes on Good Friday? I mean, come on. Oh my gosh. (laughs) That's that's, killing me. Nailed it. There's a slam dunk right there. You're killing me. Um, I will now. <laughs> just, 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 just saying. Roll a little differently in unity. I believe laughter is like an essential human element, or yeah. or 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 important for for our life. Like like eating is, like like sex is, like connection is, like laughter is in there, and and. The truth of the matter is we can't take this too seriously because of Brian's point, if we take this too seriously, then we start getting a little too obsessed. Uh, I, I think with, with the religion, uh, a sense of religiosity seeps in mm-hmm. and, and that's, that, that's not good for, for anyone. And so, it's just not that, like, if you can't have fun, if you're not enjoying right. it, it's, it's kind of like, is anyone enjoying it? Well, right. so yeah, using Bible story, to make fun of what's happening, right? So, you know, do not throw pearls before swine, blah, blah, blah. Like, how fun is it to get a stuffed pig and a string of pearls and go, do not throw pearls before swine and, like, throw them and just, like, look at the congregation. I mean, that's hilarious right there, right? Just that moment of, like, what Jesus is saying is so absurd, this is ridiculous. This is hilarious. Yeah. And this is, this is. And loser, did, did she go? Yeah, she's frozen. Is she pulling an April Fool's, late April Fool's part? I know. Did the pigs get her? <laughs> I, I don't know. Or the pearls. <laughs> did, she, did, she lose, did she lose her pearls? <laughs> <sighs> yes, yes. Humor. You gotta, you gotta do the humor. Yeah. Otherwise, to your, to your point, then we're not having fun. Right. Um, about about the whole thing um so do you like when you're practicing your talk do you sometimes is will it like it does a joke occur to you and then you like oh i should use that and do you like note to self or write it down so um you're asking the wrong question because your whole basing this premise on the thing that i practice my talk (laughs) you don't practice so what i do so when i here's my process my process is is I'm I you know I do all the research so I'm I'm you know researching the topic stuff like that you know if there's scripture verses or quotes I want to use yeah um, and I create the flow and I'm writing bullet points yep. I don't you know that's it that's the extent of it so so you there don't is, do a, you don't stand alone in your room and run through it in your no, own no no they, I will I will review the bullet points so for me there's a sense of of leaving as i as we like to say leaving room for spirit to move sure so 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 yes there will be a reviewing of the of the bullet point sure i mean you've done the work imagining how it's playing out but i but i never do the whole let me just run through it because what also often happens is you know i'll be given the talk and in that moment, there's divine inspiration to veer off in a certain direction. I want to leave room for that. I want to leave room for 
sure. for the spontaneous story to come up. Um, yep. If I if I do have a story ahead of time that's that's relevant, of course, right. put it in there. But even that story, I'm just going to bullet point because for me, there's a certain I I I can't I can't fake authentic authentic. Uh, or a spontaneous talent. So if there's a, if I if there's a whole story, you can tell I'm reading it. But if I just bullet point it, there's a little there's a little more spontaneous, authentic sure. delivery in the talent. So for me, my delivery is often better when there's a less on the page. Um, I'm the same way, but I will still practice it. Yeah, Even if there's not much on the page, I'll still practice the telling. We're talking about whether we rehearse. A message yeah. or not, and yeah. then if, if something funny occurs to you as you're practicing, do you sort of mentally note it, or do you leave a little? Do you jot it down? So, so to answer that, practice it. So to answer that question, y- y- yes, as I'm as I'm prepping, right. yes, if something funny occurs, right. I'll I'll put it in there. Um, but when you when you say practice, the no, I'm not, I'm not. So I'll just say one thing to that before Shan perhaps jumps into the thought. When I if I when I vocally practice it, it helps me hear how it's going to sound auditorily versus what I've imagined, what I've written, what I've put in notes. And I can tell, like, this is way too long. You got to cut this or you need to or something will occur to me that inspirational moment can happen even in the practice. It can still happen on Sunday morning and does. But I feel like I need to run through it to sound to feel like I get a sense of am I boring people or what's the strength here? What do I need to focus on? What do I need to cut? That often happens to me in the verbal practice. I've learned that that doesn't help me any because yeah. because there are days where I think I've knocked it out of the park and you can tell by their reaction it's it's just a hit to first base. And then there are days <laughs> where I think I have sucked yeah. and there's somebody coming through the the receiving lane saying that's like one of your best talks or, or I was that I really needed to hear that today. So, so I've given up the trying to figure out ahead of time if this is really gonna, you you know, I usually practice twice. If I'm really um, feeling uptight or have time, I'll do three. Good God, man. See now last Sunday in the pulpit, I was writing the sermon as I was preaching it. So practicing it is just a, there you go. Exactly. I I think this is actually where, extroversion is helpful because I can do that so clearly in the moment. Yeah. I, I, I feed off the energy or the lack of energy in the room. Right. And so, you know, in the, and I, and I've, I guess, you know, part of this too is I've been preaching weekly for 14 years. So I can, I know what part of my sermon I can cut straight to or, what that was actually a good ending i don't need to keep going or you know like i can feel all of that yeah Um, where i get in trouble is because i do allow myself to insert things which i think are funny in the moment and then realize they are not right like but sometimes that's a hit and miss right it is a very hit and miss thing so i've learned that if it's self-deprecating I'm okay with that, right? Yes. It, that's it, like 90% of my humor. So exactly. Like this this Sunday, and I'm not kidding. I read every commentary. I read all, like I, I did all the research. I had all these notes and all these quotes. And a friend of mine was visiting. She was doing a minute for mission for us. And she and I was like, I don't have a sermon. She's like, what is all that? I was like, all of this is staying on my desk. Because if it walks up there with me, this sermon right. will be so discombobulated. So whatever. Yeah. And she's like, what are you going to do? And I was like, I'm just going to 
start talk. talking, you know, <laughs> and, and it was much shorter, but it was very, it was self-deprecating, but in the way that like everybody could relate to, or yeah. at least 90% of the congregation could relate to. So you don't want to do self-deprecating humor anywhere that is genuinely like hurtful to yourself. Yes. Right. Like I'm talking about, you know, we were talking about spiritual practices and I was talking about doing yoga and how I was so proud of myself for all of these practices. And like one day my teacher made us turn our mats and I actually looked in the mirror to see where my progress was. And I'd moved like an inch. Right. And I was like, Oh, (laughs) you know, and we were talking about how comparisons, the death of joy and you know, all of those things. And so I was making fun of myself to give an example. To to give the example. That's right. Right. If I'm actually saying things that are harmful to myself or that may be judgmental to the people. Yeah, in the yeah. Then it's, then that's no one funny. feels, com- it's not funny and no one feels comfortable. Exactly. Yeah. Like that's not funny. And if you do use humor, you know, not only do you ha- in worship, not only do you need to know the relationship with the person you're talking about, no. but mm-hmm. the relationship with the rest of the people, right? Because I could have a really good relationship with somebody and poke fun at them and they not be offended, but other people in the congregation be offended that I poked fun at them, right? Yes. Like, you really, it's really, a it, if you're going to start using other people in worship, besides Jesus or biblical figures or yourself or with permission, your spouse or children, right? That's the other place I get in trouble, I start telling stories about them, you know. Right, right. So I always throw my daughter under the bus. So I once heard a minister that had a deal with their kids that if if he um, if he told a story about his kids, a he had to have permission, which I agree with, and b he had to give him a dollar. <laughs> yeah, I'm not I'm not doing that. I'd be broke. Right? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'd be like, here's fifty two dollars for the rest of the year, honey. There you go. So so if I think of it ahead of time, I will check in with with Joy mm-hmm. and say, Hey, I'm thinking of telling the story. And she'd either say no or she's like, I don't want people to know all that. It's like, all right, well, what if what if I, you know, what if I massage the story a little bit? Don't let don't let don't let the truth get in the way of a good story, I like to say right. sometimes. <laughs> you know. Um, and and sometimes she'll be okay with that. But sometimes it's spontaneous in the moment. Right. You know, when I I'm up there and all of a sudden I think of, I think of something that happened with me and her or interaction with me and her. And then you eyeball her and she's giving you one of these like, you know, kind of, well, here's the good thing, sort of not good, but sort of good is she's not, she, because of her dance schedule right now, she has classes, she has dance classes on Sunday mornings. Uh, So she hears about it later. She hasn't been in church for a while. Uh, But even when she was coming regularly, yes, she'd hear about it after the fact. And, yeah, but, but there's that this since she's been putting up with this since yeah. birth. So But there's that element of like the people in the congregation thinking they know something about your child and yeah. assuming that you know, right, because you tell stories about right. them. Yeah. That you know, and I now I can talk about parenthood or like when Maggie was a baby, here's what I did or thought or whatever without her permission. Yeah, right. Because it's about you. But yeah, because that's about me. But if I'm telling a story about them specifically, like the other day they said this, yeah. you know, then I so mean, usually, usually for me, when I tell the story about her, it's still mostly self-deprecating about me. Right. Like, you yeah. Know? Like so, this was going on and here's my inadequacy. Yeah, of Exactly. <laughs> here's how, here's how much I'll call me out in all, in all her youthful wisdom. Like, right. You know, that kind of stuff. Like night, every tell a story about her, like 90, 95% of the time she's coming out the hero. 
Yeah, but, you know, exactly. But but and and this is the other thing about using humor. Humor humor humanizes us, you know. And there, there's enough of the put the pastor on the pedestal syndrome in churches. Yes, I yes. I think when we yeah. do humor, especially Agreed. you know, self deprecating, not harmful humor for ourselves, it kind of it, it kind of like I said, humanizes us. But to your point about about people m- interpreting your jokes, I I kind of got into trouble a couple of weeks ago when 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 I, I wrote a, a post about addressing some of the long running standing like like rumors and misinformations mm-hmm. in the church around me. Mm-hmm. And and the metaphor that I use, and in hindsight, I could realize <laughs> maybe not the best metaphor. Oh boy. But and and the and the responses were very were very varied from from some people actually saying, you know what, that was really clever. I like that. That makes a lot of sense. I can see what you're saying to, you know, he needs to be fired right away. So we have this gamut of responses from this blog post. But, but we were using the analogy of, of the grapevine. So, so some, of the, some of the questions sometimes that come into the board is like, we're hearing on the grapevine that Reverend Ogan is this, or we're hearing on the grapevine that this is happening behind the scenes and blah, blah, blah. So... So I wrote in the post, sticking with the grapevine metaphor, let's call these statements that are circulating, let's call those statements sour grapes. And sometimes you need to, you know, prune, prune the sour grapes so healthy ones can, you know. And I was clear to say this is a, these are the statements that are circulating. But a bunch of people heard it as me calling we need to cut out people. People. Right our grapes and they we need, need to, to cut eat. out the people not we need to cut out the behavior that's right. how they were answering yeah. that's that whoa that was a fine line you just walked so and and the whole time i'm writing this it never occurred to me because i know what's going on in my head mm-hmm. you know to your point brian about sometimes when you say it out loud then you hear you hear yeah. what it may sound but, like but i heard it out loud <laughs> Right. And you were no, like, I still don't see it. Because I wrote it. Let's call the statements, you know, and then so. So, yes. So so people really some people I shouldn't say everyone. Like some people took it really personally and other people are like, that was very clever imagery. I like it. So as long as you didn't say I am the vine, you are the branches. Right. That, that would have. There you I go. Mean, I think that. Yeah, that's going. But so this gets into dark humor sexual humor right like yes there i mean i mean i told a story about sexual humor in worship right and right and and but honestly, it was inadvertent right it was it was inadvertent accidental but there are you know and that's the trouble right like i i find sexual humor i mean i it just that is i'm a 13 year old boy right like yeah, that's, that's our, my that's our default <laughs> it is my default and like i have to shut that down during worship right, right. Because it, it is inappropriate there. Like, yes. if I'm preaching a sermon and suddenly go, that's what she said. Like, that's not funny. No. You know, like, that's not, you know, whatever. Even though there are so many hymns that are so dirty and so hilarious <laughs> that I can't even begin. It was, it was a different time when there were... Dirty hymnals <laughs> are the best. Um, but there are... There's also, like... I made a very dark humor joke today and somebody, you know, they have that moment of like, I don't know if you're kidding. Right. And you know, yeah. so like I, with my office manager, who's, you know, by my side all the time. And, you know, I was like, I have to, I was like, I have to leave. I have to go to the hospital. 
She goes, why? Like, you'd think that an office manager would know by now, right? That when a pastor says she's going to the hospital, like, she's going to visit somebody, you know? Right. So I'm like, I have to leave. I'm going to the hospital. And she goes, well, are you you okay? And I said, I'm just really tired. And I'm going to check myself in for a three-day hold, psychiatric hold. (laughs) Now, to be fair, you have been stressed a lot the last few weeks. Oh, I have been. And she, like, like, are you kidding? You're kidding, right? Like, (laughs) tell me you're kidding. I was like. I'm going to see ex lady, you know, I'm going to see this lady who's in the hospital. And she's like, well, I just didn't know because I'm like, Oh my gosh. See, now that was a bad humor. That was just bad timing. But it's, it's dark, right? Like it's, it is, yes. because my, well, I find it hilarious. Cause I'm like, man, that sounds like a spa day right now. Like, like psychiatric hospital, couple of Xanax, like put me in a straight jacket, mm. shut me in a room by myself. I'm good to go. Like, right. <laughs> anyway, yeah. yeah. So, so there you go. <laughs> uh, I was I was going to respond to uh, Ogan's comment about it humanizing you. And uh, when I first started preaching, um, some people who were um, close to me who won't be mentioned or named um, listened to a few of my listened to a few of my sermons online, and they were like, "Why are you trying to be so funny? Like, why are you up there making jokes? Like, this is you're preaching. This is the word of God. This is serious." And you. So they were coming from a place where the humor had no place in preaching and, um, and also in that, in their background, like the minister was held to this like insanely high standard and this worship service was like suit and tie and super serious. And, and I was just like, I'm just being me. Like I'm, I'm being Brian. Like I'm not, I don't transform into some unattainable um, monk or icon or non-human person when I'm preaching, I'm still me. And for me to have integrity and authenticity, I have to be kind of how I would be in everyday life. So there may be a, a dad joke or another joke or something else. And I don't use a different voice, I hope, when preaching than when I do when I'm just talking to people. And I've seen that, you know, and, and grew up in that tradition a little bit where there was like preacher voice and you would, you know, say, the Lord saith. Speaking of speaking of religious dad jokes, no. so oh. in the Garden of Eden, oh, Adam blamed Eve, Eve blamed the serpent, and that poor snake didn't have a leg to stand on. Oh, so, wow! There you wow. go. I got a lot of. I I think that I mean, listen, there are so many Bible jokes. It's not even funny. Like it's there's so many. Yeah, we've gone over these things a hundred times. And I think, Brian, what you're talking about is what, you know, our, our generation, right? This Gen X generation of pastors, yeah. we're not, we're not the first to claim this authenticity in the pulpit, but we, we are breaking this mold yeah. of a certain way of preaching. It was an older generation that I was referring to who was criticizing my right, approach. And, <laughs> yeah. and there is... But there's a place for that. And some people want that. I I preached at Presbytery a couple of years ago. And a friend of mine who came to seminary, uh, he and I were in seminary together. He was like, listen, I loved your sermon, but I I wouldn't be able to listen to your style every week. Ah. You know, I... Too much style. (laughs) I have way too much style, let me tell you. (laughs) Like, he's like, he's... And he's a manuscript 
big church preacher. Yes. That's what he came from. That's what his father was. That's what he is. That's what he knows. That's what he knows. And like, and I am not that. And I know that that is difficult for some people. Yeah. But, you know, that's, that's what I am. Mm-hmm. And, and I decided years ago, I wasn't going to be a different person in the pulpit. Right. Now I, I slow down my voice. I'm more methodical yeah. about what I'm saying. Yes. I'm not, right. I'm not completely off the cuff, even though sometimes it sounds like I am, Right. you know, but, but on me, there's no, you know, there's no difference yes. in pulpit. You can still tell that's Shannon. Exactly. Right there, and that's mm-hmm. Shannon after the did, service. Did yeah. you tell right. that guy, did you tell that guy, well, just drop by once a month and you'll be all right. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, really, that's all that's required these days, isn't it? <laughs> pretty, pretty, pretty much. Yeah. And what is it about? Like, it just seems like, in, like, I didn't have to be taught that. And in fact, I, the preaching classes I had in seminary were probably more geared toward that older generational because I had a, a preaching uh, yeah. professor who was very old and it was like his last year of teaching. And so I sort of got some of that old guard sort of approach, but yet there was just this inner knowing of that's not how I am. That's not who I can be. So and I'm not going to pretend. We're talking about preaching, but like, what about at the table? Like that is one place I've never broached humor. What do you mean? At the communion table? Communion table. I'm sorry. Oh. Yeah. Communion. Mm-hmm. A, a communion is a place that I, it's That's not that I'm sitting point. here saying, I don't think there's room for humor. I just, it's not a, and, and I'm not a solemn, I'm, I mean, I'm a, this is a celebratory moment. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not a solemn moment necessarily. Um, it's not a funeral dirge, right? But like, you're not making a joke based on the. But I'm not making the, jokes about it. You yeah. know, I'm I'm talking. In fact, I'm very serious about the inclusivity of the table, exactly. Right. And Jesus sharing with those who are about to betray him, and how hard that must have been, and you know, all of that. But I've never. I've, that is that is a moment in worship I've never found. And I think that's so. That's okay. Humor. I mean, time right. time in is. Uh, timing is an essential part of the humor. So yeah. if if your timing and delivering a joke is off, or you're telling the wrong joke at the wrong time, at the wrong then, time, then it's not humor. Then it's then it's you know it's painful. It's torture. It's, right. it's right. repulsive almost. The joke yeah. is having the opposite yes. effect. So no, I think there are certain parts where 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 you can have lightness, but you don't need outright humor to get the point across. Um, because communion is a great example of not so much a seriousness, but a sacredness mm-hmm. uh, that I think not necessarily the best place to, you know, tell a, tell a, tell a joke. Although I do always remind people about Jesus's first miracle when it comes to wine was, you know, not so much a joke, but to realize that Jesus was a party animal, you know, showing up at a wedding where people, are ostensibly probably wasted because all the wine's gone and he gives them more. And he's like, yeah, he's like, let's keep the party going. He was no teetotaler. Exactly. And I think that's part of it. Right. And not just the timing, but the, and, and that's, so humor is about levity, but humor, humor is genuinely an expression. Like laughing is an expression of joy, you know? Right. And, and there is joy in the celebration at the table that doesn't necessarily mean there's humor there. It doesn't need the humor. Right. right. And, and I think it's, it's, 
you know, this is comes back to that. There's such complexity to all of this and each moment and, and, you know, I, so we're doing a joyful Lent this whole season and I introduced the congregation to it, talking about laughing at my uncle's funeral and not in the like laughing in inappropriate ways, but like my family using funny stories to remember and to celebrate, right. My, my uncle and that there is joy in grief, right? There, in sharing grief with one another. There's joy in community, even when it's hard. Um, Joy and I, John, I had an exchange recently and, and I posted it, if you guys saw it, where she was telling me um, one of her friends that she dances with, she's known this guy for like two years. And she said, he only just realized that, that my mom was dead. And I said, well, how is it that it's been two years and he's only <laughs> just realizing this? And Joy says, well, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it's not something that I like generally lead with or it came right. in a conversation. He, she goes, he knew she wasn't around, but, and I said, but he didn't know how not around she was. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> and Joy says, Joy says, you know, that's almost as bad as the good morning joke that I say every day on the anniversary for death. I said, yeah, that's that, that joke's a keeper. So we have this good morning, get it morning. So we have, we have this like oh. personal, like, like dark humor thing right. around it. Yeah. That is actually a bit of a solve for us. Right. Yeah. Right, right. Right. I can see that. Be- because something like that, that's so, so heavy and so dark heavy and devastating on so many levels, you know, sometimes humor is what, is what softens the edges of it, yeah. especially when, when, when you have agreement on how and when to use a humor um, around it. And again, with the timing, that's not something I would have shared or posted. Sure. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You know, Until but, years oh, later. Right. Yeah. But, but here we are. Yeah. Um, so, and it wasn't so that I'm we sure. were telling these jokes three years ago because we were. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> just some, some churches do the Sunday after Easter, they do a Holy Humor Sunday. Ooh, Have you heard of no. this? I've not heard of it. I'm taking notes. So I don't know. I've, I've never done it, but people, people do it. And a lot of people last year, because Easter was on April Fool's Day, they moved Holy Humor Sunday to Easter Sunday. So maybe that's it, Ogan. Maybe Holy Holy Humor Sunday is when, you know, it's because that's traditionally the Thomas story, right? So that's when Thomas is like, let me see your hands and feet. And Jesus is like, nailed it. You know, maybe that's it. Oh, wow. Wow. There you go. Well, you know, there's my bad joke. I'm I'm like stand up comedian. So every Sunday preaches Holy Humor Day. No, I I don't know exactly. I don't know exactly what it entails, but some churches do it. Holy Humor Sunday. So I I started my sermon this past Sunday with asking people if they knew what the word hubris meant, because the Sunday before I made this great proclamation about, you know, give me any topic, I'll create a sermon around it. And uh-huh. as folks are walking out in the receiving line, some woman says to me, yeah, I want to hear you talk about gun control next week. Oh so, my gosh. <laughs> so, uh, so I started this past Sunday with, yeah, I was kind of feeling myself and, and deep in my hubris when that happened. So right. yeah. maybe not so much boasting next time. Yeah. So I, I was going to ask, have you, ha- have you had a Sunday where you feel like you were really connecting and you had people laughing and you almost get this like, yeah, you know, I could be Mrs. Maisel or Jerry Seinfeld. Like maybe I should just explore this uh, comedic angle a little more. So Nadia Boltzweber and and I forget which one of her books, she says that she doesn't understand how anybody could be a minister that wasn't a stand-up comedian first. Ah, there you go. But no, I have never had that moment. (laughs) (laughs) No. So, and I'm funny. 
But I've never felt like I could get in front of a bar and tell jokes. Never. So I have had that feeling, but but I also know the work that goes in to being a stand-up comedian. I've I've, I've worked with comedians, um, yeah. I've taught like improv classes, and I and I knew some stand-up comedians. Um, and they're like, there's so much more work that goes yes. into preparing a set than than preparing a sermon. And yeah. I'm like, you know, all the no, workshopping they got to do and stuff. And I'm like, that's a lot of work. So now I will say my this: if you if you want it, like if you want to better your preaching, if I want to better my preaching, and you're like, you don't just want to read books, and you know. Like I can't always listen to someone else's sermons. Yeah. Listen to really good stand-up stand up comedians. For sure. Listen to Dave Chappelle, right? Listen to the way he starts a story, goes somewhere else, makes it makes three, four points, and then ends the story. Yeah. And man, that is brilliant. Yeah. And and listening to that and timing. The timing. Yeah. The timing. And like if you want to be, if you want to be better at this, you know. Take those improv classes, take those comedian classes, Absolutely. listen to stand-up comedians and like listen to all these entertainment industries that people talk for a living. Yeah. And and it makes you a better preacher. It makes me a better preacher. So uh so uh speaking of humor and religion, and this might, I know where did the time go? This might actually um bring us into that last question about original blessing saying, are you guys watching miracle workers? No. On on TBS. So you gotta watch it. It's a it's a short uh what do you call it? A short series. So maybe yeah, like mini series episodes, mini series. And thank you very much. And uh it's the idea Steve Buscemi plays God. Yes, I've seen it, I've seen and, the trailer and, and he's horrible, like in any way, shape. This is not the God that you want to have. I mean right? he's a great actor, he's a he's horrible great. Right. The like, character the character is horrible. Yeah. Is a mess. Yes. And basically the idea is he's gotten bored with Earth or whatever. As and, God should. Yeah, and, Steve Buscemi has. It's time yeah. to move on already. Right. <laughs> and decides he's gonna destroy Earth in six days. And then he makes a bet with these like ostensibly angels or employees of Heaven mm-hmm. Incorporated. Nice. And the whole deal is if they can make this one couple and these are like the most, like, you, you look at these people, it's like, how are they ever going to fall in love? But if he can make them fall in love, God is going to spare Earth. But if they can't make them fall in love within six days or six weeks or whatever the time was, God would destroy Earth. It's over. And, and like, there's some, some real fascinating, like, theology mixed in with all of it. Right. But it's still kind of, like, downright hilarious. Daniel Radcliffe, a.k.a. Harry Potter, yes. uh, plays plays one of the one of the angels um that's trying to make things happen and his his big weapon his big weapon is creating a breeze that 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 makes other things happen and makes other things happen Sweet. that then brings about miracles like love it you know i'm not going to spoil it anymore but it's tbs you said i think it's on tbs yeah. or tnt one of them one of them turn I mean, aren't they the same but, as channel <laughs> i know pretty, march man hard to tell the difference they are pretty much but but miracle workers so 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 like for example one one of the things that happens is god wants to be in like a one-on-one relationship with someone on earth aka he wants a new prophet right so he just picks this random guy he basically becomes enamored with him <laughs> kind of freaks the guy out the guy's like please god leave me alone yeah right and God says all the right things about, you know, sorry about, you know, 
getting in yeah. space and blah, blah. And then when the conversation's done, God says, all right, kill him. <laughs> <laughs> like this, this is what God says, basically smite him. Smite him. <laughs> you no. know, and now they, so now, the, so now they got to talk God off the ledge. Off the ledge. Like, I'm, I'm really person, done. Right? So it's kind of yeah. like. That's biblical, right? Moses is biblical. Exactly. Yeah. It's like Old Testament God has showed up. <laughs> Right. Oh, that is too funny. And then it takes a weird turn, which turns out God has siblings who all sure. have control of their own universes. Sure, sure. And they come for family dinner, and he's like the laughing stock of all the siblings because all of their other planets and universes work perfectly, and this one's broken. Because they I mean, didn't create humanity. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So we talk about was, the black sheeps of the universe. <laughs> There's some real interesting theological like things in there that 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 you don't really notice ostensibly because of the humor. The humor right. kind of right because some people, you know, some mainstream people might like thinking, "Oh yeah, Old Testament God, I like it," but then all of a sudden, here's these other gods showing up, which right. I mean, mm-hmm. you know. There's another show called God Friended Me. Have you seen that? Yeah, yeah. I, um, I, I ain't crazy about it. No, it's just yeah, not, I, I haven't watched it. I just cheesy writing. Cheesy writing. Right. Like everything about it just seems like super cheese balls. Yeah. Mm. The premise, I like the premise and I was into it for the first few episodes, but but you know when you're watching a show and you basically start calling out all the dialogue before the actors yeah, yeah, yeah. done. I'm like, mm, yeah. But everything happens for a reason. Yeah, I'm not I'm, I'm, I'm not into that, but I got you. But yeah, religion, religion and humor. Of course, my my all time religion humor dark humor movie dogma i guess remember dogma oh love dogma, dogma. yeah that, wait that you've is. never seen it what yes i said it's a classic it oh good i was like whoa nelly no no i saw it in the theater <laughs> absolutely no that was alanis morris said it's god you know yes how can yes. you go wrong exactly and total segue, Matrix, the Matrix turns 20. To just turn 20 years. We are so old. <sighs> so I just old. introduced that to my kids, the first one. Oh, yeah, oh, they, we haven't gotten there. A couple weeks ago. years, man. We haven't gotten there. 20 years. Yeah, com- like one of Common's albums turned 19 the other day. <laughs> I was like, what is happening? Because, I mean, the Matrix just felt like when that came out, it was like, Whoa. You know what I mean? Like it was just when I remember seeing that in the theater and just thinking, I have never experienced a movie like that. No, it was it was, it was 20 defi- years ago. Yeah, it was definitely like Yeah, it was it was a revolutionary thing at the time. Yeah. But now we look at it and we're like, now it's like, like that's yeah. stupid. Like, it's like, why were you so excited about this? Yeah. Right. They could have cleaned up some of them special effects, especially in yeah. the second one. The second one was a hot well, one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, the second one was a hot one. The first one felt like that just felt it didn't need any follow-ups. No. And 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 by the time the third one rolled around, they they laid on the messianic theme so heavily. So heavily. It was it, it was, <laughs> it was oh yeah. I mean it was a little yeah, it was it was very Lion Witch in the Wardrobe by the end. You know, you were like seriously like it, it, it right. kind of was. Right. You know. Exactly. They were but, like, What do we do with this? Well, let's go back to the oldest story of time, you know, like oh, yeah. but the fascinating thing about it, which I hadn't realized back then. But you know, learned subsequently was was the creators of because of who the creators were. It really was like the first uh, trans movie. We just celebrated uh, um, Transgender Visibility Day. Yes, and and the creators who's Wachowski, uh, they were the Wachowski originally brothers. Now I believe sisters. Um, oh, I missed they, that. Yeah, they. They, they, they were the first, I think, 
um, to be openly uh, creating in Hollywood um, at that time, openly trans. Interesting. Uh, so it was, it was it, from, from behind the scenes, from that perspective, it yeah. was very revolutionary as well. I think, I think there were, if my timeline is right, and, and I, I need to look this up to verify, but over the course from Matrix 1 to 3 was when they went through okay. like, gender reassignment. Yeah, okay. Originally brothers and now sisters, both of them. Huh. So uh, wow. it was cool from that respect. For sure. That is interesting. As, as well. Yeah. Uh, so, okay, we're, this is off the topic, but. Uh, Why stop now? <laughs> we're talking movies. We watched with our kids the other day uh, on vacation, Nacho Libre. No. <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> yeah, okay. But this brings us back to the point of like using different types of humor because oh everybody God. has a different type I of humor. I could not stop laughing. I mean. Uh. I think I, I yeah. think I think the worst thing Jack Black ever did was try to try to play serious roles. Like wasn't he in some rom com? That, that was not a serious role. No, that wasn't. That's what I'm saying. That's that's his element. You know, right. I'm always surprised at comedians when they can pull off a serious role. Like Adam Sandler in serious roles like shocked me. I was okay. like, What? You like you just did that. Like that was great. You I don't remember no, one of those. No, no. no. It's like a post 9-11 movie. Not, not no, Adam Spanglish. Sandler. Spanglish was really good. I didn't see that. It was a good movie. I don't think he was good in it. Really? <laughs> That's just oh. me. No, you know I who does the good job though? Steve Carell. Steve Carell. Steve Carell does a good job. Master of pulling that off. What was the, what's the one I really like with him with Emma Stone and um um Anyway, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Brian Gosling. And of course, yeah. And of course, Tom Hanks was the first one to make that like comedic to straight transition very well, I thought. Was he, though? Not the first, but he was a major one. But did he do it well? <laughs> you don't think so? Is he bad? Castaway? Well, I don't, I don't think... Castaway. Castaway's not an example of that. <laughs> well, I thought he... In my recollection of Tom Hanks movies, he's always kind of done a blend of all of yeah. them. But I don't think Listen, I don't think we ever thought. Like, we'll see when I see the Mister Rogers movie. Like we'll there, see. There you go. Like Tom Hanks, I don't know that I ever thought of him as like this is a comedic actor who's. Yeah, I never thought of him as a comedic role. actor. I just thought of him as always really? having yeah. versatility. I always thought he was kind of like funny, and then he started doing more serious roles. Maybe that's just my. I don't know. We think. Uh, we are yeah. far afield. <laughs> You're far afield. We are like the lost sheep. <laughs> I think yeah. I think it's time Somebody to land this plane. We're like the lost <laughs> sheep cut out of the lectionary. <sighs> the lost sheep cut out of the universe. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. I think of I think after I think this is like the third show I've done without um drinking alcohol and I realize that it kind of doesn't make a difference. I still like, you know, I still have a good time. I still am like totally off topic and <laughs> segueing all over the place. Um, and by the end of the hour, I'm like, what are we talking about again? So we're, we're yeah. kind of in that. We're definitely in that space now. <laughs> we're definitely in the space today. The last two weeks we've been a little flighty, but I, you know, I would love to uh, like, we'd, you know, at some point I think we could talk about the good parts of, Original sin, original blessing, all that. Yeah, we we didn't. Have I don't space think that's to do today. That. I think no, today we didn't have space humor, to do that justice. A humor day, and yeah. I I'm okay with a humor day. We need. 
you know, this is the other part of this that I've come to terms with, and especially in worship, but in church in general, right? There's so much heaviness, not just to what we're talking about, but to our United States world and possibly to our world world, you know, that we do need a little levity, even in the most seriousness, right? Even in the worship, even in those areas. And this is a last question on humor. Do you think people come to this show on balance more for the serious content or the the humor? Well, they don't come for the dad jokes, that's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Well said. Goes without saying. I mean, is, besides Ogan looking up, you know, biblical, uh, uh, you know, jokes to tell throughout. Looking up, thing. man. Those are all in here. What are you talking about? Those are all in here. <laughs> yeah, other than Ogan looking up, I'd say most of the humor on the show is not planned. But once right. it's definitely spontaneous. Well, yeah. <sighs> yeah. Well, from from feedback we've gotten of people, I think it's both. I think it's because we we blend, we take serious topics and are able to, again, humanize them, make them not as serious work in the humor, I think that is based on the feedback. That's why people enjoy. I mean, that's why I enjoy showing up with you guys. Cause I mean, we're kind of the Tom Hanks of podcasting. We okay. No, no, no. What? no. Please don't ever say no. that again. No, no, <laughs> no. And yet, you know, He's one of the richest men in Hollywood. So, okay. He must be doing something right. <laughs> must be. Somebody keeps hiring. I mean, Ron Howard keeps hiring. So, you know. Moving whatever. on. Moving on. <laughs> Thank you, friends, for tuning yeah. in to Theology Live. You can connect and spread the Squeeze all the blood out of that stone. <laughs> <laughs> You can connect and spread the word on social media. You can post uh, an episode to your wall or your Facebook page, share it with friends. Of course, you can listen anytime on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play Music, or iTunes. We'd love you to rate us on iTunes. Um, give us a star for every uh, amount of humor on the show. No, I'm just kidding. No, let's not do that. Whoops. I feel like we need to apologize for the last 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, half of it was If gone. you're still listening, we're sorry. <laughs> well, what we're made the final cut is, up, is open for we'd love you to rate us on itunes that helps other people find the show helps us hear what you like about the show and of course you can watch us on youtube or igtv if you'd like to find or uh, create a pup theology in your town visit pubtheology.com for details and please don't forget to show your support for the show by becoming a sponsor on patreon visit patreon.com slash PT Live to get started. So until next time, friends, drink responsibly and keep those conversations flowing. So can you can I tell you my favorite Renee joke story? <laughs> wow, yes. <laughs> Do we stop? I thought we heard them all, but do we, do we need oh, to no. stop? It's an endless supply. Do we need to stop recording for no, this one? No, no, oh. no. So he was coming up. Um, so we used, when we used to have a first service, um, it was a very small group and we would, we would circle around the table for communion. So he was coming up um, through the aisle, through the center aisle and he accidentally hit his arm on the music stand and it made this because it's like this 
oh. hard plastic against the metal. It made this huge like crash sound. Right. And he, you know, instinctually when you make that sound, he just like rubbed his arm, even though it's like, you know, his hook. And, and I'm standing at the table and out of my mouth, I'm like, watch out, Renee, you can lose an arm that way. Ah, no. and the whole <laughs> room busted out laughing. Are you and he is, he's busting out laughing, right? And then we go out to the table and, and I'm doing communion and I look over and our bass player who like sits, who's like next to him and whatever, she, she's still laughing. Like she can't, like this is like minutes later. And I just kind of pause and look at her and she's, and like Renee and all of his glorious wonderfulness. He's like, it's not that funny, Carla, you know? Like, <laughs> exactly. That's it's awesome. still my favorite moment of like what that is that is genuinely funny <laughs> that's like, like right on the line of completely inappropriate and hilarious right well and it just flew out of like I, if i would have just thought it i probably wouldn't have said it but it was like it went beyond the filter too quickly it, it, very fast i was like watch out you can lose an arm that way and like <laughs> <laughs> you gotta you gotta know your audience man